Hello, my name is Poria. And my name is Bauer. Welcome to another episode of Be Loud. This is a podcast where we share our journey on buying the mansion in Vancouver and starting the first Web3 decentralized creator house DAO. We've had a lot of things going on, a lot of events we've attended, and we've been fortunate enough to get in contact with an influential person in Vancouver, Martin. And without further ado, I'll ask him to join us. Hey, Martin. Hello. Hey, it's great to have you here. And I'm super excited that we connected on the Twitter space and it just goes to show the power of Twitter and what you can do with it. Yeah, it's it's pretty awesome. I remember you were talking about the near protocol and the hacker house going on near Pacific. You also shared the Discord link. Thank you for doing it. I should definitely get Discord Nitro because I've hit the 100 Discord limit and it doesn't let me join. I'm excited to hear your thoughts on our project, what challenges you think we'll face, what people do you think we should talk to, and all the good stuff. Yeah, I think it's really good, especially right now with Vancouver and the cost of housing and the yeah. people who want to create a project, things like that, that don't pay enough where you can't show out $1,000, $2,000 to get a place. There. I think it's really good to be able to offer that kind of space, not just on the affordable housing front, but also on the light line at front, also on the front where you're not entirely sure your roommate understand what you're doing. And when you are working all the time or you don't have a nine to five, if you're awake, you are working on your passion project, you're working on your thing. I have led a lot of co-living type of houses. They found that kind of support to be really valuable because you get a lot of support from the people who live there. It's a very different kind of vibe and environment and type of support that you get than when you're just a good friend when you live with, but they have nothing to do with what you're doing. That's a very different vibe. That was one of the reasons we started this Bihar. It yeah. was because we thought that, okay, as we want to look for places to move into in Vancouver, A, it's super expensive, unaffordable for a single person, two people to do it. And we also noticed this important point as the number of rooms go higher, the price difference is not that much yeah. so going yeah. from zero to one bedroom is much higher than four to five bedrooms and secondly it was because in vancouver we don't know too many people yet we haven't found our community yet so what's the best way to do that and also help others join us collaborate with us and do all the fun stuff so the idea of mansion hype house punch house ace clan all the great ones we saw and then Hacker houses was like something quite exciting because I personally see hacker houses to be like a temporary thing. You have a hacker house here next week. It's over there, but content houses are like more permanent. And so we wanted to find the right balance between the two to tackle exciting aspects of it. You could also be one of the owners of the house. It makes it all easier to be part of it, to be part of the community. Exactly. I wanted to touch on the issue of owning the place. Actually in Toronto, there is a really cool core working space called the Center for Social Impact. The CEO named Tanya is a friend of mine. The, the place is like her recording spaces, but she found out that the cost of renting and the limitations on renting were prohibiting her or hindering her from really achieving her mission mm -hmm. and really being able to help the people that she really wanted to help. So actually one of the pioneers in getting the, the government in Ottawa to change the law and create special purpose of buying real estate and giving your community to buy real estate that was before the crypto way before have they passed that law yeah she's already bought two or three buildings okay wow if there happens to be a similar law here in vancouver 
I think it will have the federal level. That's definitely something we should look into. The whole legal part of it and the, the how it ties into the mansion is definitely something important to consider. You mentioned Tanya. Do you think she would be a good point of contact for us? Yeah, I think she she would love to talk. She wants to help me kind of think. Tanya is very busy in Toronto, so there's no way she is moving to Vancouver or starting a project in Vancouver. It's always great to chat with founders of co-living spaces and the likes of it. What do you think is important while launching a hacker house? So I did one personally myself in Philadelphia in the United States. That was an eight bedroom house. And that one was really lucky because I happened to be working at a co-working space and mentoring a startup. And the CEO of the startup happened to be the owner of the house. He wanted to have a co-living house, but he didn't know how to do it. He had properties. You didn't know how to do a start first with your renting before you buy. Finding a landlord that really understands what you're doing, because if not, you get into trouble with their subleasing or their moving in and out and I don't know what's going on. So being very upfront with the landlord, obviously show those samples and show them everything that's going on. That's really helpful, getting the landlord right on your side. If you happen to be an owner of a flips eight bedroom house, it's complicated to rent that house because no one has that kind of money. The places we, we saw have super high rent, like it's, it's over 40, 50 K and one individual it, it, it's it's hard to be able to afford it. multiple people yes but how do they come together how do you find them how do you know they're the right people what do they want to do with the place yeah, i think that's concern for a lot of land oh. i think you lost there. it's okay yeah be like with 5g 6g all these will be fixed okay there we go yeah i think that is also a concern for a lot of landlords start telling them like hey i got five separate things. Who's going to be the point of contact? When the rent's not paid, the bill's paid, or in the winter, the pipe's free. So either you create something like a DAO, point of contact, and here is one person, their cell phone number, the one person you always talk to. The other thing that's really important to do is to create a community house warmer, some places call it. And that person does a lot of interviews. So for example, in Philadelphia, I was a single person running everything. All the infrastructure and proper things that I wanted to do, there was just time and energy limitations. We actually ended up renting a 14-bedroom Victoria Mansion. It must have been pretty huge. It was a four-story, pretty large, and similar to what you're talking about. We ended up doing where you apply, and it went to the people that were in charge of that. A really large house. We did get a luxury of having a team. A phone call to be like what the house is like, what we're doing. That also gave that individual the opportunity to learn up front what to expect and how to manage the rotations really well. So that also helped a lot too. Both sides were like interesting. That person was then invited to a family dinner. On Sunday nights, we always have family dinner. Everyone that was living in the house was invited and encouraged to come to the family dinner. There wasn't a requirement, but also it was like a if you have an issue in the house, either with the way the house is run or all, that was a democratic forum, air out your thing. I had some concerns, all that. Then you can't complain later on that what you wanted didn't happen. Exactly. You so did you guys have like a weekly or daily agenda for the activities going on in the house per hour per day? So we did because there were 35 to 40 people living. We had a team for maintenance. We had a team like I was in charge of buying all the food.
Partly here was wasn't everything included, including the groceries. We had the magic fridge, which was like every time you open the fridge, there was food there. And where did that, where did that come from? I don't know. But we need one of those fridges, definitely. Yeah. So I was in like I was a magical elf filled that fridge. Like the fairy god. That was in charge in negotiating the price, like the bulk price. I want to buy three kilos of this or one hundred eggs. In order to get the food. We can also offer something to the food source provider. So for example, DoorDash or the other one before, like that has the, the healthy food boxes, we could provide some of our services or marketing efforts towards them and get that food in return. I feel like it would be a win-win for everyone. We don't have to worry about, okay, is there food right now? Who's going to go buy it? How long is it going to take? We know that every day, for example. DoorDash is sending us food at this time and we are providing these services for in, in return for it. I feel like that could be a possible solution. Any thoughts on that? Do, do you think it'll work? We didn't use services like DoorDash, Amazon delivery, but we did a thing that was first at the family dinner on Sunday night. People would say, what is the staples? What are the food? Staple that everyone gets to have. We had a time in the house as there was a lot of people moving in and out. We had a three month year in the house, no milk in the house. No milk. Because no one voted at the time of the family meeting. When it came time that we have this much money, both the food budget, no one bought for milk. And yeah. how did you solve the financing problem and finding, did you receive any grants or receive any fundings from a visa? No. So for this particular one, there was folks that were helping. They signed the lease. We, we made a deal with the landlord. Two people were, we only two people on the lease. They had a little bit more money, but they knew, especially with a dollar or something like that, you can do a lot more upfront and have more of that. That one, there wasn't really a, that kind of doubt. I can connect you with a different house embassy network. Embassy? Yeah. The embassy, they're actually an embassy network house, if I'm correct. And a co-living house, a general, general use co-living house. But yeah, I think that maybe one, one version of that. There's actually a person named Jenny. I'm not sure if she's still in Vancouver, but Jenny did a lot of really good work in creating a community of all the people who run co-living houses, do standardization, helping do partnerships with food providers and all that. Yeah, see, that's definitely like one of the important people we'd like to get in touch. And if it's okay, I'm just taking notes here and after the meeting, yeah. I'll pass it along. So it'll be easier for you to, to connect. Yeah. So all these uh, community builders, those who are like forming all these directories of like helpful resources, it would definitely be a big asset as we set it up. Bahar, is there something in particular I forgot to ask or something? There, there's a couple of other things that you should ask someone like Jenny. Both of these people, Embassy Network and Jenny, they made a lot of resources already. Like there's a, if I'm correct, there's an entire Google Drive of resources they can share with you. For the houses, there is a city law that if you sublease your apartment to someone like her, in our case, there were only two people on the lease, so anything else technically subleasing. Gotcha. Instead, we just don't allow you to charge any more than what you are paying for the thing. Now, what we did to get around that, we need to pay for food, for utility, for all of that. And if we didn't, we didn't want to leave it up to everyone and have to chase everyone down that we want. You got to pay for the bill or the internet bill, the electricity bill, all that. We, that becomes a real nightmare to manage. 
And it'll help you fresh to the house. It's like, it, 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 sorry, it's like a SaaS subscription or monthly package. Pay this much, everything is included, as you mentioned. That's yeah. totally correct. Based on that and similar model, we saw Launch House. What they do is charge founders five or six K uh, a month. I wanted to know your thoughts and should we even charge the content creators in the house? And if so, what is the right amount? How do you reach that number? Yeah, for us, we have wake up 30,000. We divide it up by how many people are living in the house. And then we added a $350 monthly fee on top of what it costs for rent. Mm -hmm. And we call that a membership. And we charge everyone a membership. The people who were in charge of key parts of running the house, like me that bought all the food, or the people that were in charge of all of the maintenance and all that, people were from the membership. They still had to pay rent, but they were from the membership. They got free food and free utility. I think that is one option. There is more in line with what you guys are doing in Los Angeles. Some friends of mine created an augmented reality house. Is it called AR House? Exactly, yes. By Lucas. The original rental house in charge people. But they were able to find someone in the augmented reality community who owned the house and they gave them a really good deal, gave them a really good kind of price and all that. Then they were able to find a lot of sponsors, a lot of supporters. But in their case, you can only live, you get to live at AR House, but you only get to live there for one month at a time. Gotcha. And then you go and you get to live there for one month and you don't pay one month. But it's also very thematic and it's about AR professionals. And AR professionals were coming from all over the world to do that. That's partly why we're holding one month. You know, for you guys, it's much more like Vancouver locals. What we love to do is have this hub where we could have a place for content creators globally who wish to join us, especially those who meet the certain criteria, just because there should be a cutoff. What type of content do you produce? How much following do you have? How much experience? How much time are you willing to devote it? And all that cutoff questions. Something I was curious to uh, to learn more about, which it just passed my mind and I forgot it. Bahar, you continue till I remember what it was. Yeah, I don't have any questions. Just just like sometimes in some houses when you want to rent a place, you just have to pay something forward. Like you have to pay some amount of money, like half of the amount. And that's before when you are interviewing people and like onboarding people to the house. For like financing and managing the house, you want to pay for the house. That was the question, how are you going to pay that money? Like when you bought the, when you find the house and you still don't have anybody on board, how are you going to pay that money? And it's a lot because sometimes it's half a month. Sometimes, so how, how did you solve that problem? They better have better solutions for you guys, but for us, the two people who signed the lease have money, they borrowed money. There were some people who financially helped Julie about money, but it was also not the best. I think it was not the best path forward. What I would recommend, because you guys are doing a much more long-term and local and all that, I would recommend is you start having dinners and you start inviting people to those dinners. The point isn't just to have a college and have people live together and have fun. There are various points to the house, which is the creator house. One is near Hacker House and there's a longer Hacker House and you can apply for a grant and say this is what we're going to do and that and then that solves you know they give you that grant. Say you start having these dinner and they help you in two ways. One it helps you to find the crew that you think is a really good inaugural crew that really good from the founders of the house and you create a DAO and then you fund them and then 
run that money in that DAO, that what gives you is for the down payments. And the DAO works in the fact that obviously they have governance, they have, they have bought into the project. They have that makes sense. I, I just remembered you guys also did a mansion. AR house is a house. What are your thoughts on building office buildings or hotels? Do you see them as better alternatives than a mansion? Just because it could possibly accommodate more people. Areas could be more specialized and maybe there, there is a different approach to it. What do you think about it? Yeah. In Montreal, a friend of mine bought a hotel. All broken down hotel. She got in court, got the whole thing. I don't remember the name of Nomad Hotel. I think the community name she bought the hotel and they had a few months. The hotel was really shit. And a few months in renovating it. But yeah, she bought it, built it, and that one is very much for the kind of digital nomad for the whole hotel. But that's definitely a possible case to consider. It's something else I wanted to just touch upon is about the culture and maybe a, a lasting point is how do you see the culture inside the houses? How do you foster a good culture between the people? Just because it's, you got 10, in, in your case, 30 people, different backgrounds. How do you make everyone like and work? with each other. The very first thing that we did and we did all the interviews up so that and when I was talking about the family dinner, once we applied, people were like, okay, this application, it seems like this person's a good fit for the house. You had two Zoom calls with two different members of the house already. And then you have to convince those two members that you're a good fit for the house. Individually, you have to both of them. Members, bullets were, you were invited to family dinner. And then at family dinner, you got to meet everyone. You got to have dinner with everyone. You got to come to the house, check out the place and see the whole vibe and get uh, a char run of all of this. Family dinner, everyone bullet on you. Everyone was like, is this person someone that you would like the label like and in our case because you were no one had that room it was like one or more of you are gonna have to share a bedroom with this person are gonna have to share bathrooms are gonna have to see this person in the kitchen every morning if there's someone that you want to see every single day and share a bedroom with or share your house with and you have the majority of the house vote in your favor that made it a lot easier before you even were invited to move in you already had the majority of people saying i want to live with this person that makes sense what was it a difficult multiple people living in the same room just because something we notice is that okay we, we have this like six seven bedroom location that we want to pursue for four people living in the same room maybe in bunk beds is that something totally normal it has been normal. We did have someone in charge of social events and kind of culture. Mm -hmm. Someone that was really good with people and really like very diplomatic and very that really good at like resolving differences in that. The name that is also extremely, extremely important is very clear communication. Nothing will kill your house factor, aggressiveness or poor communication because something that is really simple and really not important can be a thing that starts building and then before you know it and i've seen this happen before i'm not just making before you somebody punched someone because they took the last egg about the last egg it was something that been building up okay i can't go any further yeah it's really important i've seen the likes of people in hype house and how they separated and all the other houses something went down it, it would be better to stop it as it would start i don't want to take too much of your time 
time, Martin, just because we definitely do want to chat with you again sometime in the near future as we like get connected to all these great people, get closer towards launching. And we would love to have you as a part of our community just because you're super experienced with Hacker Houses, your stuff, and you're just a lovely person to talk to. So what I'll do after this is I'll message you with the, the names of the people you mentioned and some resources you can share with us, maybe like different checklists you have in the house rules, house order, the Jenny and anyone else here in Vancouver globally, you think would be the right person to talk to. We would really appreciate it. Perfect. Yeah. Thank you for making the time and have a great day. Yeah. Thank you so much. Stay safe. Bye-bye. I guess we should wrap it up. Exactly. Thank you so much for listening. It's been a long episode, but with very valuable information. And follow us on Twitter, on YouTube, listen to us, follow and like, comment, subscribe. And if you would like to join us, join B House. Yeah. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.